It's a sweltering Sunday afternoon in August. The sun is beating down on the road before me. It's been almost 12 years since I took the still familiar route. Sugar white sands closely embraced by the emerald green ocean water paint the backdrop of our story. Panama City Beach, Florida. Once upon a time, this was my favorite place on earth. The memories I've made here over the course of my lifetime come rushing back to me the closer I get. It takes all I have to hold the tears inside. This story, however, is not about me, but about someone else. Someone my soul feels inexplicably close to, yet she's someone I never had a chance to meet. Strangers, bonded forever by a simple mistake, and our name. She is the reason I'm here today. In April of 2016, 45-year-old Kelly Allison Whitten a local resident of Panama City Beach, disappeared never to be seen or heard from again. This is the story of my search for the truth about her last known days. Who or what were the circumstances that caused her to just simply vanish? And my journey to bring her case back out into the light. I'm your host, Allison Whitten. You're listening to Mistaken for Missing, Episode 1, Allison with Two L's. In 2018, a case of online mistaken identity changed my life forever. Kelly Allison Whitten goes by her middle name, Allison, which she spells A-L-L-I-S-O-N. That's just how everyone knew her, and that's what she went by. Being that my name is also Allison Whitten, Allison spelled with one L, and I only live a hundred or so miles away from Panama City Beach in another town that starts with a P, You could see how a mix-up like this is not completely out of the realm of possibility. Nevertheless, I was absolutely shocked and terrified about what had happened. And maybe more so, about the fact that I had never even heard about her case. I mean, here we were living so close with the same name and nothing. I always considered myself informed about missing persons in and around my neck of the woods. The same year she went missing, one of my neighbors and friends vanished under suspicious circumstances. He has never been found. It was then that I officially became mistaken for missing. After a lot of questions from the Bay County Sheriff's Office and from Allison's family and friends, I felt a guilty sense of relief whenever they knew that I wasn't her. I was never contacted again regarding the mishap. But naturally, I wanted to know about what happened to my namesake. Now, it's fair to say that Allison was going through it around the time of her disappearance. For those of you that don't know what that means, it's Southern slang pretty much for dealing with some shitty circumstances or going through some difficult times. Hey, we've all been there. I mean, I know I certainly have. There was one place close by where no matter what or who Allison was struggling with, she felt safe. One person she always had refuge in. That someone is who I have come to see today. As I arrive in Inlet Beach, a small suburb just to the west of Panama City Beach, my heart is literally pounding in my chest. I'm going to meet with Allison's best friend. Her name is Peggy Lynn Miller. She's a crucial part of this story, not only because she loved Allison without fail, but also because she would be the one to report her missing. When I knock on the door, I'm greeted by Peggy, her husband Terrence, and four spoiled and very excited dogs. I come bearing a gift, a bottle of Jack Daniels, which I'm hoping will break the ice 
and make it a little easier to wade back into the emotional water that is this entire situation. I know she's nervous. I am too. It only takes a few minutes before I feel right at home, like I've known them for years. We make small talk and get to know each other as I begin setting up my equipment. It is blatantly obvious that Peggy and Terrence love and miss Allison. Terrence has known her since he was a teenager. She even taught him to play the guitar. I don't know how to describe the feeling between us and in the room. There is, of course, an unspoken sadness. But more than that, a feeling of helplessness and frustration. Then there were moments I felt as if Allison was there with us, like she would just come walking through the door. Even though she's gone, her energy still abounds and lives on in the ones who truly love her. This is the hard part of making this podcast and telling this story. Asking perfect strangers to voluntarily plunge back into a bottomless pit of emotional despair and psychological torture is hard for me. I don't want to see anyone hurt. Ever. Period. Peggy had been in touch with Allison sometime between the 15th of April and the 18th. She remembers because tax season was over on the 15th. Allison was an accountant and bookkeeper working for places in Panama City such as the Summit, the Grayton Beach General Store, and Liberty Tax, to name a few. They were supposed to go kayaking on the 18th for Terrence's birthday, but she didn't show up. This was not unusual for Allison. She wasn't a child, and she didn't have to check in with anyone. Sometimes it would be weeks or even a month at most before Peggy would hear from her. These were the times when Allison would use. She was a functioning addict. Binges would last for a few weeks, and then she would call Peggy or Terrence. She was coming in hot. This meant she was coming over to stay a while and clean up. She loved it there. Peggy and Terrence were happy to let her stay. Their home was her safe place, and I can feel why. On May 31st, Peggy got a call from Allison's longtime friend, Leslie. Her mom had passed, and she was unable to reach Allison. This was alarming to Peggy. Last she heard, Allison was finishing up tax season and staying with Leslie. Peggy began to call around Allison's usual group of loving supporters. And believe me, she had people who loved her all over. Alabama, Georgia, some even as far away as California. When no one had seen or heard from her, Peggy knew something was desperately wrong. She could always find her. On top of everything else Allison was dealing with, she was in the process of moving out of the home she shared with her boyfriend in Laguna Beach. The couple had purchased the house in 2014. Things were as good as they could be considering Allison's struggles and the fact that he had worked offshore. His name is William Newman Daly, but he goes by Billy. Here is where the first of the major discrepancies arise. According to Billy, the last time he ever saw Allison was on April 8th at a restaurant called That Cajun Place in Panama City off Thomas Drive. The two had words in the restaurant, and apparently Allison lost her shit in front of the whole place. He blamed this on her being high and agitated. After that, he said he never saw her again. Allison left in the truck that he let her drive, a gold 2000 Ford Ranger. She continued, according to him, to move her things out. Meanwhile, Allison was staying between Leslie and Groover's house. Enter Herbert Davis Groover III. Groover was no stranger to law enforcement. He was a trust fund baby with a lot of money and a seemingly endless supply of drugs. 
Another thing he had was a major infatuation with Allison. It's been told to me that people had seen Groover dangle a baggie in front of Allison just to keep her around. Her interests were not in him. He was a great deal older, and Allison was with Billy. Truth told, Allison was into women, maybe a little more so than men. She had created a war between Billy and Groover. Neither one liked the other, and they all lived within blocks of each other. This brings me to the second issue in the timeline. Groover and his drug dealer both said the last time they saw Allison was the night of the 18th. This is a complete contradiction of what the Bay County Sheriff's Office and Billy have said. On May 31st, Peggy Miller made the hardest call she's ever had to make. She called to report Allison missing. That is 54 days, seven, almost eight weeks, and just shy of two months. What the hell? So why did neither of these two men who supposedly loved her and were so involved in her day-to-day life not call the police to report her missing? Well, that is a darn good question. Now, I don't care how angry I am with someone I love. If you just completely disappear, you don't answer your phone, you don't show up, there's no text, no call, no Facebook, Telegram, Instagram, Twitter, just dead silence, I'm going to kick indoors until I find you and then call the police. Unfortunately, the other major issue that this caused was a delay to report her sudden absence. That put investigators way behind the eight ball. We all know that the first 48 hours after a person vanishes are the most crucial. Friends and family that wanted to search for her were now also at a major disadvantage. Add all that up? Exactly. Doesn't add up. And here we are, five, almost six years later. No new information, no arrests, or no new suspects in her case. I've reached out multiple times to multiple parties at the Bay County Sheriff's Department, and nothing. They won't call me back. They won't return my emails. Now, that being said, it's hard for anyone to go, oh, wait, I do remember seeing something strange. Or, you know what? I heard something kind of concerning. Maybe you guys should check it out. Unless we have solid facts, what does anybody have to go on? I think an update would be appropriate after this long, but it's literally crickets. It's time to make some noise and help bring this dark secret back out into the light. There are multiple theories, several suspects, and hundreds of rumors in the court of public opinion that is Panama City Beach. And that's just how it's gonna stay until someone speaks up. The one fact that we do know to be the truth is also the hardest to believe, and perhaps the most painful pill to swallow. And that is, there's still no Allison. I wanna thank you all so much for listening. I am so humbled to be a part of Allison's story. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Kelly Allison Whitten, please contact Bay County Sheriff's Office or Crime Stoppers. Contact information will be posted on our website. Mistaken for Missing is a weekly podcast available every Wednesday for download wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, and leave a five-star review. Follow the story on Facebook or head over to mistakenformissing.com. Until next time, stay safe. This is Allison Whitten, and this has been Mistaken for Missing.